welcome to Vet Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And also, please check out my brand new online continuing education platform. Everyone is welcome to learn, but only veterinary technicians and veterinary nurses are the educators. So today I wanted to dive into this conversation because I find myself having to talk leaders off the ledge right now for unfortunately having to let people go who are very toxic employees. Their point is they are super short staffed and they cannot afford to lose this employee. And unfortunately, a lot of toxic employees are actually really great workers, meaning they're fantastic being a doctor or fantastic CSR or they're fantastic with vet tech skills, but unfortunately their attitudes are just dismal and they're bringing the whole team down. And so their point is, what happens if I lose my superstar vet tech who's credentialed, who's been here for a decade? I can't just let them go because hiring someone right now is an actual nightmare. There's nobody to hire. There's a staffing shortage like I've never seen before. So what's a leader to do? Should they just suffer with someone who's just a horrible character, who's very negative, who's very toxic, is bullying and gossiping and dragging down the rest of the staff? Or should they let this person go? How much impact does this person actually have on the team? Well, this is a conversation I have had a lot lately. The reality is, is that person actually has a huge influence on the team. So I really want to talk to you about how one bad apple really does ruin the bunch. And now there was an interesting study out of uh, Australia by Dr. Will Phelps, and he's an associate professor for the University of South Wales in Australia. And he really has taught a lot about management related topics and how human behavior actually affects team dynamics. Well, his wife was pretty unhappy at work and she told her husband, you know, I've noticed that I'm pretty upset and negative at work and it seems like everybody else is also in a funk and I'm wondering if there's a full moon or something going around because we all pretty much seem like we're in a funk. Well, Dr. Phelps started wondering, could her one personality trait, her one behavior be impacting the entire team? So he decided to put together an experiment. And so basically there were people who were divided into small groups and each one of these groups were given a task. They physically had to work on something and solve a problem together. Now what the participants didn't realize is in each one of their small groups, there was actually an actor and that actor had to have a very loud personality trait. Um, and there were basically four different groups. There was somebody who had a slacker who was an actor, a cheerleader. Yeah, we're going to get through this. And then someone that they called a negative depressive, which is exactly what it sounds like. Like everything's just terrible. This is horrible. We're never going to solve this actual problem. And then there was a control group where there was an actor in there, but they had to be as neutral as possible. So what was so interesting is within 45 minutes, everyone in the group started behaving like the person with the loudest personality. So within that 45 minute span, if they had the cheerleader in the group going, we've got this, we're going to solve this problem. This is amazing. I can't wait to, you know, get this all done as a together as a group. I'm glad I signed up for this. Guess what? They solved the problem together. They were very successful. No shocker there. And uh, they actually felt really good about it. 
And in the slacker, what they found is that individual was very interesting. They actually came in and said, this is so dumb. I'm so tired. Oh, I don't want to do this. And they laid their head on the table. And interestingly enough, several other participants in that group actually laid their head on the table and also fell asleep in that group. Now, the person who was the negative depressive actually ended up, you know, telling everyone they were thought this entire task was stupid. They were never going to solve this problem. They don't know why they signed up for the study. And guess what? That actual group never completed the task. Most people also walked out of there with negative attitudes and feeling like, unfortunately, that it was just a dumb thing and they should have never signed up for it. And so it was very interesting because what he's concluded and subsequent studies have concluded is yes, one bad apple can completely ruin your entire team. But if that doesn't convince you and you're still saying, but I'm so short staffed, I can't live without this person. Well, let's dive into a few more studies. Some of you may be familiar with the Thomas theorem. Now, this is a theory of sociology where it was actually constructed in 1928 by William Isaac Thompson and Dorothy Swain Thomas. And basically what they concluded is if individuals define situations as being real, they are real in their consequences. In other words, the interpretation of a situation causes the action. Now, why is this important? Why am I telling you this? Because that person with negative thoughts is actually breeding and believing those negative thoughts. In short, the people who experience negativity or negative thoughts are more likely to lead to negative emotions, negative actions, and negative outcomes. And again, subsequent studies have shown the same thing. The flip is also true. When we have more positive thoughts, then we experience the physicalness of positivity, which is those emotions are more positive, the actions are more positive, and the outcomes are more positive. It sounds so simple, but again, at this point, a lot of psychologists and sociology people have determined this to be true. Unfortunately, here's the other thing. Negative thoughts will often ingrain stronger memories than positive thoughts. Now, some of that is a protective mechanism and kind of dates back to Neanderthal days where if there was something that was really negative, they wanted you to remember it. You almost died, something almost killed you, that lion almost, you know, ate you. You should remember that thought so that you don't repeat that behavior and you know how to save yourself in the future. Unfortunately, life has almost become more complicated with technology. And while we're not getting chased by mountain lions or bears every single day, we have a lot more negative emotions dealing with things like bullying or gossiping, where we are in the social status and pecking order within our hospital. And those negative thoughts, unfortunately, they do get ingrained stronger into our mindset. And as such, negative thoughts are more difficult to get rid of and that results in a terrible cycle of negativity. Cognitive reframing is really important. If you're not familiar with this, listen, I really want you to start, go ahead, Google after this, cognitive reframing, how to get yourself out of that negative mindset. But for your employee that is talking about the hospital like it's doom gloom, everything's terrible, this place sucks, they don't deserve us, um, you know, we work in the worst place ever or they're bullying other people. Guess what? 
that person's bringing down your whole team. I can absolutely assure you. So what are we supposed to do? We're short staffed already. We've got this person who performs well in terms of veterinary medicine. They're one of our highest grossing surgeons, but yeah, all right. I agree, Amy. They're dragging down the entire team. Well, don't give up on them right away. I think we need to get to the root of why. And this can be really difficult because unfortunately people struggle with communication and that person is either going to be open to what you're about to say, or they're going to shut down. They're usually not a middle ground. So if that person's in a very negative mindset, again, remembering that unfortunately Thomas theorem says that you're, if you're in a negative mindset, your experiences are going to be negative. If you're in a positive mindset, you're more likely to have positive experiences. So if you call this person into their office, well, if they're already in a negative mindset, they're gonna have a pretty negative experience with you as, as their boss during that meeting. That is just the reality. But we have to come from a place of kindness. So here's what I always advocate for everyone. Don't blame them. Because it, it, see, it, that's the easy out, just to say, listen, you're gossiping, you're negative, you're yelling at the staff, I can't have you doing this uh, anymore, you need to cut it out or I'm gonna have to do something. And that person's gonna say, what are you gonna do? I'm your only surgeon, ah, uh, good point. So let's come from a place of kindness and get to the root cause of why they're behaving the way that they are. They can't possibly be behaving like this with everybody in the world because then they would have no friends, no family, no nothing. So they're probably kind, even if it is to an animal, they're kind to something on this planet. So we have to figure out why they've suddenly decided that being unkind, unhelpful and negative and walking around with doom gloom is the thing that they want to do because it's not helping them. So let's figure out why. And let's get to that conversation again, coming from a place of kindness and being polite and saying, Hey, I just really wanted to chat with you because I really care about you as a person. You're a valued member of the team, but you don't seem like yourself lately. What's going on? And of course, for many negative people, they're like, I'm fine, I'm completely fine. Well, except that you seem really angry or you know, I noticed that you kind of have a short fuse. You seem really stressed out. Well, of course I'm stressed out. I'm really, it's short staff. We just need more staff. Yeah, I get that, but we've been short staff for a while. So what's going on now? Because I wanna to get to the root of this. I don't wanna lose you and I wanna figure it out. How can I help you? That's a different conversation than just yelling at them and telling them to knock it off. So come from a place of kindness, come from a place of being polite. And it is, I wanna help you, how can I help you conversation? I am a coach, I'm here to help you, but you need to help me help you. So come from that angle and hopefully they're going to be willing to chat with you. Now, unfortunately, there's a certain group of individuals who are not willing to chat with you. <laughs> Um, those people, it's not that they can't be helped. It's that they can't be helped by you. And so we can have several conversations. I would suggest no more than three where we just keep repeating the same thing and saying, Hey, you know, I saw this happen today and I want to talk through this because that's not like you. And I noticed that you yelled at someone or threw a clipboard or that you're really short tempered. Well, yeah, because they were acting like an idiot, but but I don't know that you yelling at them is the healthiest thing and we're trying to promote psychological safety. So can we talk through this? Ultimately, if these people are completely shut down, 
You've got to let them go. You have to let them go. And I'm talking leaders off the ledge right now because they're, again, saying, it's my only surgeon. It's my only doctor. I don't know what I'm going to do. I get it. I really, really do. In a perfect world, you'd hire someone else in and then you'd let that person go so that production doesn't slow down. Unfortunately, we're not in a perfect world. But here's what I do know. Letting the bad apple go opens the doors for a healthier, happier team member to come in. Unfortunately, that one bad apple in a span of 45 minutes in that study, think about what that one bad apple can do to any new employee. They can ruin them. I mean, we've obviously all experienced that where the brand new employee, sunshine, rainbow unicorns. Oh my God, I'm working here. I've told all my friends and family, wait, I'm going to tweet about it. Here I am taking a selfie on my first day. And they walk in and they're like, hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. And everyone's like, oh, that's so great. And then you have that one bad apple who's like, let me tell you about this place. Let me go ahead and tell you all the terrible things. Oh, you're probably never going to get a raise. I haven't gotten a raise in like five years. Oh, and they're going to overwork you. And I I don't even know why you worked here. In 45 minutes, that brand new employee can be ruined, which means they're leaving and they're running out of the door going, I can find a healthier workplace environment. So yes, unfortunately, sometimes we have to let the bad apple go. I was actually just consulting with a hospital and they had their bad apple walk out in a blaze of glory. And I said, that's great. And they said, Amy, we don't know what we're going to do. And I said, good riddance. I had been consulting with them for about a year. And they said, no, but we don't know how we're going to cover it. She used to do inventory. She did X, Y, and Z. She managed the front desk. And like, what are we going to do? And I said, guess what? You're going to figure it out. So we talked through it. I I think I talked him off a ledge, but uh, in two weeks we had another consult call and I said, how's it going? And they said, you know what? Oh my gosh. It's like a breath of fresh air. People are happier. People are walking around with smiles on their face. Nobody's yelling at anyone. I was like, yeah, exactly. And suffice to say now, four weeks after that, they're actually hiring someone new, which is really excited. I'm so happy for them. And so good for them, right? Like, but that's what most people experience. Most people, when you get rid of the bad apple, suddenly everyone feels a lot better, which means that team is better equipped to handle someone new coming in. So let's talk about ways to help this individual. Again, conversation's key, but the other things that we need to do is model positive behavior ourselves. Listen, it's hard to be all happy and sunshine and rainbows and unicorns all the time, especially when you're short-staffed, you're owning a hospital that may or may not be doing well financially, and you're struggling to keep afloat. I get that. There, It is okay to say to your team, this week I'm on the struggle bus, and I'm sorry, I'm trying the best I can, but do your best to not constantly barrage them with all of your negative thoughts and your anxiety. Do you show your frustration out to everyone on the team? Are you verbally vomiting about how you're worried about the finances of your own hospital? If you find yourself being negative, then you're more likely to set a poor model of behavior for the rest of the team. And for some of you listening to this, uh, yeah, you're that person. So you have to recognize that if we want good behavior, we have to model good behavior. And if you're in any type of leadership role, if you're a shift lead, if you're a supervisor, any sort of technician trainer, you know, registered vet nurse trainer. I need you to model the best behavior possible because you could be the bad apple that ruins the whole bunch. So 
It's really important to make sure that we model behavior. And this goes for probably everybody also in the hospital, right? We also wanna make sure that we set the standards for a constructive conversation. You know, unfortunately, when we sit down with this individual, they are going to immediately go to negativity. That's going to breed more negativity. They're going to have a negative experience with you. So make sure that there is a time and place that is a healthy time and place for you to meet with this individual. Don't pull them at the end of their shift into an office. Don't get them as they're trying to run out the door. Make sure we set aside time and listen, there's this wonderful thing called the intranet. So Zoom, Team, Meetle, Meet, uh, Google Meets, whatever you wanna do, you don't need this employee to come in. You can virtually see them on camera. Make sure they are on camera, this is really important. But we really wanna make sure that we have a productive conversation and sometimes we as leaders pull them in at the end of their shift trying to, or in the middle of their shift as they're trying to get into the next surgery or take care of a patient. And that's just gonna stress them out. So we wanna make sure that we're asking that person to come in and make sure we set the tone and say, hey, I just really wanna have a conversation with you because I care about you. That's the tone. Set it from the beginning so they understand the intent of the conversation and say, I'm concerned about you and that's why we're having this conversation. The minute you start in with the blame game, you're gonna lose them. So again, set the intention at the beginning, but also make sure we have the meeting at a good time and place. Next, we wanna deliver specific feedback. Remember, if we just do generalizations, that doesn't land very well, but give them a couple, don't go on and on and on and drone on forever, of examples about how their behavior has affected the team or a story in which you know, you are concerned about how they reacted. The reality is, is whenever we pull stories into a conversation, that will immediately invoke some sort of defensive reaction. So personally speaking, I generally like to leave a lot of stories out of it. We should talk more in general terms because that's still gonna land probably the same way. But if they're confused and say, I'm acting completely fine, I don't know what you're talking about, then we do need to give an example. Most of the time when you say, hey, I'm just really concerned about you because of X, Y, and Z, they're probably gonna say, yeah, I'm also not enjoying this as well, or I'm really stressed out. And they're gonna put the blame on the hospital or something that you did. Do not attack back. Let me repeat that. Do not attack back. If they're placing the blame on the hospital or short-staffed or they're not making as much money, well, okay. We need to obviously address those things, but don't attack back and don't get that defensive. You're allowed to say here, these are the two sentences that I want every leader to sear into their memory. It's truly life-saving in terms of leadership. Thank you so much for your thoughts. I need to think about what you just said. Okay, let me repeat that. Thank you so much for your thoughts. I need to think about what you just said. You do not need to defend why you're short-staffed or why they're not making more money. You just need to thank them for their thoughts. Deal with that later. It doesn't take away from the conversation. And then ultimately, we need to check back in with this person. We also wanna come up with some tools and resources. When they say they're really stressed out because X, Y, and Z, let's come up with some resources. Don't just simply say, well, you need to be less stressed. Hey, do you know about the, our employee assistance program? Or have you talked to somebody? What things do you do when you go home from work to help you de-stress what does that look like? I have no time. I've got three kids. My husband, you know, is driving me crazy. Yeah, but I want to make sure you have time for you so that you can come in and be the best version of yourself. So 
How can I help you? I don't think there's any way that you can help me, but there's got to be something that we can do to help you. And so we have to have those conversations. And if we can figure out how to help them manage their stress better, then we get a better employee. But in the end, there's only one person that can help themselves. And you guessed it, it's them. We can provide them all the tools and resources. We can provide them all the lovely TED Talks. Hey, listen, I love TED Talks. I want you to Google how to de-stress. You're gonna pull up a lot of TED Talks, show them the TED Talks, provide them tools and resources, help them the best way possible. But ultimately, they either wanna receive that information or they don't care. And if we have somebody who's cynical and negative, and again, you know, going back to that Thomas theorem, they're just going to keep on breathing negativity because our negative thoughts actually drive negative experiences, then we can't help them. And then we do have to make that tough decision. It's important that when we decide to let someone go, we do it with compassion and kindness, but we've also clearly documented why we need to let them go. It is because they're bullying someone, they're coming in late, they're yelling at clients, whatever it is, it has to be clearly documented. Make sure that you do a fair and kind termination. At this point, you've been meeting with them every other week. And I sincerely mean that. You should be meeting with this very unhappy employee every other week. Unfortunately, a lot of leaders, you know what you do, you have one meeting and then they say, okay, I'll try to get better. And then you just assume they're gonna get better. Eh, wrong. Just meet back in with them. You know what? It's only gonna take maybe 30 minutes. You've already had the big conversation. Say, hey, how are you feeling? Have you noticed yourself being less stressed when you go home from work? What does this look like? Are you happier here? How can I help you? Let's continue to try and, and figure this out. Because I guarantee if you're that on top of this individual, one of two things is going to happen. You don't need to fire them. They're going to either realize they need to leave because they're simply unhappy in this hospital and no matter how much you've tried, you know how much you've tried to kill them with kindness, you can't get them out of that Thomas theorem they're just going to say, you know what, this place isn't for me, I need to go. Or number two, they're going to fix themselves and they're going to help themselves and they're going to make those baby steps to help improve themselves. Those are the two things that generally I find happen. And honestly, one of the, the strengths of, of me as a leader was that I just had a lot of these conversations and I kept having them and having them until the employee realized I can't help them anymore. And I remember sitting down with one employee and saying, hey, I just, you know, want to check in with you again. And she looked at me and she said, it's not you. It's not this place. I figured out it's me and I've got to go. And I said, you're such a great technician. She was a VTS. She is still a VTS, um, but she's a VTS in emergency critical care. I mean, that's like a unicorn in and of itself. And I was like, oh, she's like, I think I just need a change of pace. And I said, that's fine. Gave her a couple years for a change of pace and she came back. So ultimately it's about having those conversations, repeating those conversations and keep on top of this person because one bad apple can absolutely ruin the bunch. This is a very tough conversation, but again, I encourage all of you to try to help this bad apple, try to get them to help themselves. But ultimately in the end, if you have to make a tough decision, do it. I know it sounds easier said than done, but I've had to talk a lot of leaders off the ledge right now because they are so short staffed and the thought of being even more short staffed is terrifying. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on being unicorn and please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and content on vetteamtraining.com.